it'll, it'll be here eventually. Would you like to wait? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, we did. I, I told you I watched Halloween Kills, but did we talk about it in the last episode? You did tell me you watched Halloween Kills, and I think I was asking you if it was a good movie because I saw online that the reviews were not stellar, spectacular, beautiful, amazing. Ooh, Halloween Kills. It came out a few weeks ago, guys. If you have Peacock, you can watch it on there. I highly recommend it. There was a little bit of controversy with the movie before it came out because horror heads found out and avid fans found out that it was basically going to be the second part in a three-part series. And basically, if you go into the movie knowing that, you basically know how it's going to end. Michael Myers isn't going to die. Spoiler alert, because, you know, you know, he's coming back in the third movie. Um, This does. It basically goes further into the same night, uh, much like the original part two, where it's basically the same night, which I love. For some reason, I love that premise. Right. No time to rest. It's just like keep coming at me. Right. Um, unfortunately right now people didn't really like it because it's a 5.9 IMDb, 39% on Rotten Tomatoes and 42% on Metacritic. But if you guys think of it as a second part in a three part series, this is just basically one long second act. There is no real character development. You do have some new characters introduced, but you're basically, it doesn't play into the same sort of story arc that a lot of movies, it, it, it has very little of a three-act structure in my opinion but that doesn't mean that the kills aren't fun that it doesn't isn't shot amazing that people didn't do a really good job in the performances i think it has all that and actually ashley correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like when i watch a horror movie i want a lot of kills a lot of thrills and not a lot of frills right and i feel like this gave it gave it to you it gave you all the Everything you wanted without a lot of the fluff. I mean, with horror movies, it kind of depends on what kind of horror movie. With a slasher, I definitely think those are the requirements you want. You aren't necessarily looking for character development, but you are looking for creative, innovative, or at the very least, extremely fun kills. They need to shock, surprise you, preferably, or at the bottom line, be funny. Worst case, <laughs> if I chuckle, I'm 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 happy with it. Cause some kills are really funny, like the sleeping bag one is brutal, but it's also kind of funny because it looks kind of like a worm. <laughs> yeah, and she's referring to the the sleeping bag kill in Friday the Thirteenth. I don't actually don't even know what part. I know they did in the remake, but I don't remember what part. Um, but it is a famous, famous I've kill. I've seen so many clips of it. I haven't even seen that movie, but I know that kill. And I, I feel it's unfortunate, too, because people love this character. People love this franchise. And I think it's getting a bad rap. And I don't think people it's going to get it's what it deserves until we get the third part. Because immediately when you saw this, or immediately when I uh, what, finished what this happens movie, next? like, exactly. What happens? Like, oh, I want, I, I want. And so it's. It actually kind of takes the reins from part two or the original part two, which is like, cool, we're going to get a third movie, but it's going to be even more of the same night. Like, this is this is great. I was actually watching a documentary on Halloween today. Uh, like, I was like half watching it because 
what happens a lot is I will draw or I will do other things while I watch documentaries because I rewatch them a ton. So I will get like new bits of information every time if I like happen to tune in at different moments. And today was the Halloween documentary and they were saying how it actually had the Halloween Kills director at the end. I think his name is like David... John Green, David Gordon, Gordon Green. Green. There you go. That's close. <laughs> yeah, really close. And he was saying that he really wanted to take the original John Carpenter's Halloween, make you have that familiarity, and bring it to a new light. And but still, like, pay all the respects that he could to the original because he loved it so much. And I haven't seen Halloween Kills, so really only Edgar can attest to this. Do you feel like he was, like, honorable to the OG? Because I know in the original, uh, especially going into the third one, in the original Halloween 3, there was no Michael Myers in it, like, at all. Yeah, the it was uh, Halloween 3 was more of John Carpenter's original idea, if I remember correctly. And Halloween was supposed to be a sort of anthology ongoing movie series where every Halloween you would get a different director, a different movie, and their take on Halloween. Um, so basically that's why we get the kind of bizarro random story with the the shamrock masks um, in Halloween three. And I was trying to remember the, that song to try to sing it, but yeah, which has also had a resurgence recently. People, uh, are loving that movie again, which I'm like, I'm here for, like, let's not, let's not shame any of the classics. Let's, well, let's just enjoy these things for what they are. Have fun. That's what we're here for. And then the, yes. So going back to Halloween kills, I do kind of feel like in my head, I was like, this didn't feel any different than like some of the original Halloween movies. Um, so it wasn't, I, I didn't feel like I got a different director's perspective on Michael Myers. Um, I think he kept it pretty, pretty close to home. I mean, we obviously got that with the Rob Zombie one where it was just basically like, this isn't your mother's Michael Myers anymore. This is Rob Zombie's Michael Myers, and he's going to rock out. Um, yeah, you're right. I wasn't even considering that. I did feel like it was pretty, pretty close home. Like they, The music is actually done by John Carpenter and his sons, and for those people who don't know, Homie tours with his sons and they perform all their music and he's on Which Spotify. Which is adorable. And I listen to that stuff on a regular... <laughs> I listen to that stuff. He's so good. They are so good. And when the music was playing, I'm like, is this the Halloween song? I'm like, no, it's like, it's a different song, but similar scoring other scenes. So I was like, I didn't even look it up until now. So yeah, I mean, it's obvious that John Carpenter and his, and his kids did it. So big ups to them. Yeah, it sounds like they were having a lot of fun making these movies, truthfully. Like, at least from David Gordon, drop that guy. D DJ, DJ <laughs> David D. Gordon, yeah. David Gordon, DJ. DJ. <laughs> Mr. Green. Mr. Green. It sounded like he was really, really passionate about it. And I think he partnered with the Blumhouse Productions to make Halloween Kills. Or he... Was it him? Um, he... um, Miramax Blumhouse Productions and Trang. Okay, then I am correct. It is Blumhouse. Because I'm pretty sure, like, the owner of Blumhouse, like, emailed DJ, 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 guy with three names, that's his name. 
Um, and was just like, hey, get, hey, Halloween movie? And he was like, oh, fuck yeah. And they just got it started. Like, they hadn't even spoken to John Carpenter yet. And they're like, we're doing this. We're making this movie. So I think they, they had a lot of passion in their heart for it. So even though I haven't seen it yet, so I can't make an actual educated review or give an actual opinion of it, I appreciate their effort. And I think theoretically they did a good job. <laughs> Question, yes. Ashley. Do you think you will uh, watch it? I don't have... Uh, what was it? Peacock? P. Fowl? P. Fowl, yes. <laughs> for For... Because we, because we, because we're not paying them to use her name, we're called Pfell, a hundred percent. I was wondering who had. Let's see if we could find out. It's like if you invite me over your house. Oh again, yeah, he wrote it like, as well. Let's watch a movie. I'd be like, yeah, sure, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries. We'll. Also, my mom keeps telling me to invite you and Nico to have a movie night at my house because she feels bad. <laughs> Because she, like, Nico never comes over our house, like, literally ever. So she's just like, have Nico and Edgar come over and watch movies for your podcast. (laughs) Oh, that's pretty sweet. You're all invited, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Party at Ashley's. (laughs) Rager. I do have a paraphrased version of a horror movie mashup, Halloween edition. Actually, it's not going to be a Halloween edition. It's just going to be a horror movie mashup. I asked a a co-worker today to play Halloween horror movie mashup with me. And they gave me Jaws, which which she actually thought she was going to say Saw, but she said Jaws instead. And I'm like, nope, we're sticking with Jaws. And so we have a monster movie. And she gave me 500 Days of Summer. 500 Days of Jaws. 500 Days of Jaws. So we have a love story or a boy pining over a girl and a monster movie mixed in. Right? So how do we play this? Small beach town. We have a new girl come in. This this guy is immediately attracted to her. Maybe he starts stalking her. Maybe a series of murders start happening in the town. Huh? 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 So is it... Wait, wait. Red Herring. You might think it might be him because he's coming off a little creepy. Because you know what? It's not fun to stalk people nowadays, guys. It just ain't. (laughs) Or it's not cool to stalk people nowadays, guys. It's not publicly accepted like it used to be in the old days where, where, where movies just said, like, yeah, you can follow this girl home. She'll think it's charming. Yeah? So... And then, and then, you know, boy meets girl. Girl might be a monster. Is huh? she the shark? Huh? <laughs> She's just a shark. Shark in a wig. <laughs> just a really convincing yeah. shark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. And, and we'll come up, we'll come up with the, some obnoxious name for it. Um, put I it feel in like the book. if you wanted her to be the shark, she could be like a weird mermaid, but instead of a mermaid, she turns into like a mer shark. Perfect. You you know what? Uh, this, so this coworker, we're gonna change her name to Lewis. You, you called her Lewis before. <laughs> uh, I'm like, I know who it is. <laughs> oh, but I don't know if we were recording. <laughs> um. So. 
so she wanted a vampire what? werewolf and i'm like i just nodded in my head <laughs> like why can't there be a vampire werewolf? But, and it's like well they're enemies well no i didn't even say that i just nodded in my head i don't want to go into it i'm like obviously lewis that can't happen because werewolves and sharks are evil mortal enemies or in some stories immortal enemies if you really think about it have you not watched the underworld theories and the rise of the lichens that explains everything so i didn't want to get into it i don't her. think louisa would I... ever watch an underworld movie <laughs> <laughs> who knows she's she's very surprising um so i do like your view on it mermaid shark hybrid yeah. kind of like a liger um because it goes with the sort of the beach town feel yes but you still get it. a shark maybe she because that's the most important part of jaws yeah nice and nice. okay like so when i was a kid i would play kingdom hearts a lot like a lot a lot a lot and my least favorite section was the Little Mermaid section because the swimming mechanics were really, really bad. However, Sora was a shark mermaid. Like, his little tail was a shark tail, but obviously he's just a little, like, a little sweet little boy up on top <laughs> that saves the day. But what if it was, like, that... Except she just turned like she turns at first like maybe into like a little lady shark, and it's like oh that's cool, and then she like unhinges her face to reveal a shark transformation. And something says something along the lines like, "Let's have a kiss." <laughs> and she'd be she like leans or... in close. It's like want to grab a bite and then she like unhinges herself and eats him boom end of movie end of movie Just cut to like black it. or he is also a serial killer and, and he's he also feeds, a monster it could be like an audrey too and he feeds the dead bodies once he's done with them to her and that's their date night but what we could have this whole sort of mystery where you're like we don't know if like she's the monster and she's actually eating the people or he's the serial killer and he's actually killing people turns out it's both and that were they're both red herrings but they're facing each other i don't know what you call that double red and there's gonna be no population know? left in uh, this town this town it's, it's <laughs> which that that's the thing about midnight mass like how many people they were said in like this 127 is that did they say that i was like i kept being like why do people just keep turning up like I, at first for the first few episodes i see one road and 10 houses like where are all the people where's the like where's the market you know you should have shown me some uh, slightly more people not that i hated midnight mass i love midnight uh, mass police station was in the market remember yeah i know which i thought was great so what nobody's gonna come to the market because that's where all the popo are staying at the one <laughs> I feel like Popo implies multiple police. It's just, a po. <laughs> just the Po. Yeah, you can't. You can, don't be calling up the Po. Mm. Too bad he was mm. my favorite character, and I was like in love with him. I loved him. He did seem like the most well-rounded character. Like I didn't care anything about the main protagonist. Really? The, yeah, like I understand. I do like I. 
do know that some directors sort of do is they introduce the main character and they sort of kill him off and then you're really following this character yeah. red herring um and but like they did in the original psycho mm-hmm. where you're following to bring it full circle yeah. jamie lee curtis's mother mm-hmm. um and then turns out she's she's only half the movie essentially seems like um, the first 45 minutes yeah. Um, so I, I mean, like, I kind of didn't feel a little bit for, I feel like Riley was a little blank as a character. He, he, I feel like he lacked a little bit, but Which I mean, is that could have just been I'm like Nico. Okay. Cause Nico, I'm showing him the show now. He's not done. He's like on episode five now. If he ever gets out of work. If he ever gets out of work. He actually got out of work a little while ago, but he has to be up at six in the morning. So they're not like, fuck a 10 hour turnaround time. He's getting like less than six hour turnaround time. Oh, I thought, I thought they were, I thought they were supposed to get 12. Um, I don't know. It was 10 hour, but you know, there, there's a new Dozy's market opening up. Yeah. So. And his favorite character is also the sheriff. And I'm like, fuck yeah, sheriff's the best character. And then Tanika Riley was the second best character. And I was like, what? <laughs> Riley? And he's like, why? Who's your favorite character? And I was like, Aaron. I love her. She was She's great. a badass. <laughs> so, and like, I relate to her so much in... Like, when she, like, explains her backstory, and, like, when she loses her baby, like, that hurt me so bad for her. That was a... Because, like, oh my gosh. Because you, like, she wanted to have this child so much. And for it to be ripped away from her, I was like, that's a spicy wound right there. That's not even ripped away to be basically just life as for her body to just eat it or absorb it. Oof. That's a that's a rough one. So yes, people, watch Midnight Mass. What other shows? What other spooky shows? Ooh, I don't know if I mean I talked about this a few episodes ago. Um, which guys were we're putting all these out of order because, you know, we're fun like that. We're going to keep you guys guessing. Yes. But at one point I talked about a brand new cherry flavor. I think that's what it was called. Yeah. Um, I really, really do enjoy it. it. Basically it is based off of a novel um, and it is on Netflix right now. And I think it was really fun. A lot of witchy vibes, a lot of what I thought were at one point I thought like maybe weren't like the greatest effects, but I do, they do have a, a purpose um so it it all kind of comes back around i do really enjoy the actress um and a lot of the actors um it was it just had a cool vibe about it um and it was really fun and enjoyable because i've been watching a lot of red oh dragula so the newest season of dragula came out and i've been watching dragula since season one so i'm an og fan (laughs) And, like, literally, like, there was no other way to watch the original Dragula except for on Amazon Prime. And that was the only place it was on. And it keeps hopping, like, networks and hopping, like, areas. So, then they came out with Season 2, which I believe was also on Amazon Prime, 
and on Netflix. And I was so excited because it was on Netflix. And I was like, fuck yeah, I can watch this with ease. <laughs> and then they got their third season. Even more excited because I had actually met one of the drag queens that was going to be on the show. Miss Dahlia Black. And Ooh. I was so excited because I was like, oh, my God, I've seen this drag queen like perform in real life and I'm going to see her on TV. Like, that's crazy. And then Shudder, I guess, bought the show or is hosting the show now. And they had. Wait, where did you say you saw it before? Uh, so before it was Amazon Prime, then on Netflix. And then now it's no longer on Netflix anymore. And then Shudder, I think, bought it. I think Amazon and Shutter have like a deal worked out though. Fair. Um, if that's <laughs> I either way, they decided to make a Halloween special where one of the queens from the previous seasons would compete and be able to compete on the current season, which is the season that they're putting out now every Tuesday. And I'm super excited because the first two episodes have come out and I re there's this one girl, her and she is uh, AFAB, so she's assigned female at birth. If you don't know what AFAB means, okay. so she is a female impersonator impersonator. Okay, which she's not the first uh female drag queen I've ever met. There's also another one in Orlando who I love her. Her name is Venus Envy, and she's also a female impersonator impersonator, and her drag is amazing. Can you clear that up for me? And for some people who might not understand that, wait, so like, is that a female who's impersonating a female drag personality? Yes. So essentially it's like if me, where I am a cisgender uh, woman and I mm -hmm. perform in drag. Because okay. drag is very open-ended and it is for everybody. But a lot of people typically equate it to gay men dressing up as caricatures of women. Gotcha. It's kind of how most people see drag, but drag is much more open than that, and everyone can do drag. Uh, women can do drag, trans individuals can do drag, non-binary individuals can do drag, gay people can do drag, everyone can do drag. It's more so about, like the art than anything else and that's what i really like about dragula is they have had drag kings they've had uh afab uh drag queens trans drag queens they've had everybody and i love the inclusivity it's fantastic but her name is sigourney beaver and i love her so much she is so cool she has like the coolest outfits the first episode was uh, horror icons reimagined and she did the bride of frankenstein and she did a vaudeville like st striptease essentially where she had like this giant leopard print dress that she tore off in a reveal to reveal like her little like sexy lingerie that she had and instead of like the regular like nipple tassels that they usually have she had uh frankenstein's bolts as nice. tassels i was like she is so smart <laughs> she's literally so freaking smart <laughs> like the those touches are like crazy and she's my favorite and she is a little lesbian <laughs> and i'm always just like yes 
my ladies. I love I mean, them. Drag is is an intense art it form is. in itself. Not only do you have to put basically like the theme of the costume together and like the face and the makeup, you but have to like put on a show. you have to put on a show. You have to perform it too. Like you have to make sure like can I do what I want to do in this outfit? And applaud. I bow yeah, as somebody who likes to work in, like, who has a craft, like, um, I bow my head to you. Because it's like uh, 70 different every, crafts jammed into it one. It is intense. It is, it seems, into like my sister would watch uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Drag Race, and I'm like, and I'm like, but like, how are you going to put it together? Oh, you put it together like that? Oh, that's a really good tip. Oh. Dude, with Dragula, gotta... <laughs> it's li- like, I, I've i seen every season of RuPaul's Drag Race. And Dragula is just far more interesting and far more insane than RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, it literally, like, kicks... They're, like, not even the same competition. What I also love about Dragula, like, for example their their assignment is okay reimagine a horror icon so like everyone gets to choose their own icon and they get to perform in their floor show and they have to like make their costumes they have to get ready under the time limit they have to uh, perform in front of the boules and if they are in the bottom they have to go through an extermination like, RuPaul's Drag Race is, ooh, you lip sync for your life, you just have to sing and dance. With Dragula, you have to be faced with Fear Factor's, yeah, Fear Factor style uh, torture. Didn't they do that for a, for a TV show, I think? Where, yeah, where they, where they got dropped down into an elevator and they... They got put somewhere. I can't remember where that. So, how many seasons did you say this? Uh, had? They're going on to four now. Hey, congratulations! Which, like every season, the production value gets better and better, and everything gets better. Like season one, I love, but boy, is it rough! Oh, okay, it was a little rough. Oh, the extremely edges. rough. Because the like they didn't have enough money, and now now they have way better production. Like everything is is like way better now in season four. I'm so proud of them because it is such a more creative and more freeing drag competition than RuPaul's Drag Race. And I I love it. It's my favorite drag competition. And just like the inclusivity alone is incredible because RuPaul's Drag Race is doesn't allow trans drag queens, doesn't for sure would not allow an afab drag queen like that would not not happen so quick question um so are all these singular episodes like each episode they have to come up they do a different mm-hmm. theme each episode it's not like okay so yeah that's gonna be tough that's so much it's a work. lot of work like this last episode was nosferatu beach party Oh my god, they're doing horror movie mashups. That's a perfect ah, ah, ah. sorry. Ah. You would that's, love that, Dragula. That's a great movie. 
<laughs> like it's crazy. Sorry. So like oh, it was such a good episode because like if you've ever seen Nosferatu and if you've ever seen those old like fifties sci-fi horror movies and like just that era of like the tech of the fifty foot woman and like that kind of style of movie. You can see all the references that they're pulling out and just the style and it's just oh, so delicious because they they really love these kinds of movies and they do a cold open before every single episode. And it's really fun. Like the Boulets have their own little stories that they and shorts that they want to do where they they find a way to kill someone and have a half naked guy around. <laughs> so they they get to have their little fun and then they start the episode. It's just really, really fun. But the exterminations are so intense sometimes that I literally cannot watch them because my empathy for human beings is too much. Because unlike in horror movies where you're like, oh, you know this is fake, you know they're this is real. And they're really eat like having bugs thrown on them. They really have to eat Ooh. pig brains. They really have to drink some blood concoction. And it's just like, that's too much. That was like... That was just like somebody in the writer's room who like threw that in at the last second and was just like, I guess it's a horror show. Yeah, yeah. We, we there's so many they times got, they eat brains, bro. There's a, there's an Audrey 2 headpiece in season two. Um, that's pretty good. They got a Venom. Uh, these are great. As, all right, so I dabble in character mm-hmm. design. And like all these characters are look like so much fun and so much fun to make. Like I, I just want to, to be honest, I kind of want to like steal some of these what ideas or things. It? I'm just looking. I just googled it and I'm just like scrolling through this, you know, fucking myriad of like of of drag image of drag horror imagery thrown at me right now, and I'm just like. So like so they have like a lot of group shots um and a lot of photos that I guess are just from the website. Cuz so um, Dragula used to be like a drag um event that would happen where the Boulets would host this event and they would have like a pageant essentially cuz their like core idea ideals are like drag filth horror and glamour so you have to hit oh. all of those themes like you have to be draggy you have to be filthy you have to be horror but you also can't just be like a mess you have to be glamorous as well and it's it it's their their core yes, values exactly it's their like core at, values <laughs> at, um, at, Dozies, like at Josie's yeah. market yeah, yeah, yeah. and at the end of the pageant, like whoever won got a carry like send off and would get a bucket of blood poured on them. Oh, I can't! I can't believe like the prize is having your costume ruined. ruined. I know. I mean, essentially, like there is something great about it being so like. You know, temporary like that, where they're it like it lived for this moment, and that's it. And you won, and you won, and we destroy it. Oh, there, there's something so Viking about it. <laughs> I yeah, it's fantastic. I I'm really excited for this season. Like the previous season, 
I really enjoyed as well. Like, there are just some characters that, like, stay with me forever. Like, in season one, my favorite was uh, Meatball. And I still follow Meatball. Like, uh, her Instagram is uh, at the spiciest Meatball, I believe. And what made me fall in love with Meatball was they had a wrestling um, challenge where they had to, like, channel their inner, like, badass 80s wrestler babe, essentially. And Meatball... Like, most people make, like, a titty cutout and be like, ooh, look at my cleavage. Like, or, well, they're fake cleavage because they usually, like, use breastplates and stuff. But Meatball had a a belly window. (laughs) And just, like, had, like, a big portal to their belly. (laughs) And, And they basically looked like Ronald McDonald, the wrestler. And it was great. It was fantastic. And just, like, the creativity and the extent of craziness that you can go to with Dragula that you can't with RuPaul's Drag Race is just so exciting. And especially, like, when they have to channel filth, they get filthy. Like, insanely filthy. Like, they will be eating worms, crickets. They will shove things up their butt. They will, like, do anything. They will... Some a lot of them will staple themselves, like they will like hang themselves from the ceiling, like with hooks. Like it's insane. I'm just so astonished how I never thought of like looking at uh drag for for horror character design <laughs> for character design ideas before. I'm like, oh man, they're so there. There's basically like this well of reference that I've never that I haven't tapped into that I'm kind of excited about right now. I'm telling you. Yeah, very Dracula. Like they're especially like when you get later in the season and they've improved a lot and their like skills really start sharpening up. The costume ideas get crazy. One of my favorite uh performers was a drag king named Landon Sider. And mm-hmm. he's fantastic. Like his like, sometimes, because, like, he, uh, Landon's, like, actual, like, per person is a, a lesbian woman who's, like, never seen a penis in her life. So sometimes, like, things that she'll do will be, like, anatomically incorrect. Like, she, there was a circus episode, and she was trying to be a ringleader with three dicks, but she's never seen a dick <laughs> in her life, because she's a lesbian. So <laughs> she, like, made these, like, three blue monstrosities. And it's really yes. funny. Like, just like they can really get out there and be really wrong in all the right ways. Uh, that sounds great. So, yeah, everybody watched Dragula. It's my favorite. It's been my favorite for a long time. I remember living in Orlando and showing it to my best friend, and he's like, Ashley, what the fuck are you watching? And I'm like, sit, sit, watch. <laughs> and he did. He watched a whole season with me. And he's like, why do you make me go through this? And I'm like, well, because we have a whole pint of Rocky Road to go through. So we might as well. <laughs> <laughs> the, I mean, I'm, I am here for, that's how, that's how I feel like we start. Uh, we get people into, you know. Our madness. Yeah. You know, we're like, sit down, watch this. <laughs> And you gotta um, bribe them with or, ice cream. 
or we're constantly just recommending things like off the top of our head in um all right well shout out goes to dragula um i did see that yeah i think fangoria is offering like four extra and this isn't a paid advertisement but hey fangoria if you ever want to pay us um yeah we'll 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 pimp your stuff Mm -hmm. out for sure the they're offering like four back issues uh if you sign up for your subscription and dragula is is on one of those um back issues yes i um... yeah Actually, if you watch the horror docu-series that I was watching earlier today, it was which, on Shudder. It's it? like um, getting to know the monsters or something like that. It was something along those lines. Uh, it's on Shudder. It only has one episode, and it's the Michael Myers one. And Ben Kissel and Henry Zabrowski and the Boulay brothers were on it as like people talking. And it just feels so weird. Because I'm like, those are the boulets, <laughs> the creators of Dragula. And then it was like, hey, those are half, or I would say two thirds of last podcast on the left. They're talking about Halloween. I know that there's, I'm trying to look for it. I can't seem to find it, but I know that there is Ellie Roth or Eli Roth is doing another season of history of horror uncut. Which I love. I literally watch it over and over and over again. Because I love him. And he's just a... He's so insightful. <laughs> yeah, and there's a couple of people, a couple of um, literary horror people that I follow. And I know that they're on it. So I'm like, oh, I got to give it a look. Ashley, I kind of think that wraps up our sort of Halloween creep it episode. I guess you're right. <laughs> um, no one wants like to listen to a four-hour episode. <laughs> but I literally have like not okay the reality is that i haven't spoken to anybody today like i spent the entire day by myself and that's it real life work just like basically being by myself the entire day so i didn't have any